the Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am joined, as always, by the incredibly successful, talented, knowledgeable, helpful, and well-dressed in the royal purple, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Good. Now I feel like a Boy Scout, Christian. Thank you so much (laughs) for always the auspicious uh, introductions. You're so good to be with you. I'm excited today for our guest. I'm super excited too, and we'll introduce her in just a moment. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to go all scout oath on you there. Right? Yeah, I was like getting ready to do that. That was totally uh, (laughs) not intended. Um, But I'm really excited to catch up with you because I saw on LinkedIn, was it earlier this morning? I don't remember when it was, but within the last couple of days, a picture of you in the Salt Lake City Airport, the new Salt Lake City Airport concourse. Um, so I'm curious to hear about your trip. Well, I, yeah, so I, we, they just opened the B concourse and this, it, it's great. I mean, the, the whole new Salt Lake airport is, is turning out to be beautiful and amazing. And, and I went in there and it had a restaurant that you and I like to frequent Gourmandise. And I was oh, I so excited that. about that European pastries and, and confections and so i was like oh man I, I i it was early in the morning when i left so i didn't really avail myself of any of the delights but i know it's there and so we'll plan for it next time well but it I, love was, gourmandise. I love gourmandise um the little brothers do you know what the little brothers are no what are they so they have the eclairs and the little brothers are like little eclairs and they come in a little box of four they're like small circles like this little cream puffs with this custard inside. Super, super yummy. Um, my like easy, easier to pop in your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember Gourmandise, Lisa, when you worked yeah, here at the lake? Yeah, it's fantastic. A lot of- Wow, well, so she knows what we're talking about. She does. So, yeah, <laughs> but it, it, and the good news is, is that the B concourse is a huge hike. So if you have a couple of those and you can burn a few calories and then you don't feel so guilty about it. Yeah, well, you can just pop it in and forget you had it instantly, right? <laughs> exactly. That's right. A bite-sized eclair. I think it's great. And then the macarons and the and the pan au chocolat and all that kind of stuff is just awesome. It's awesome. But yeah, I, was, I, I flew down to uh, Houston and I did one of the rare in-person live trainings and I had 18 people in a room. These were uh, senior executives of different companies and we had a great workshop, saw some friends while I was down there, had a couple of friends that, that live in Houston and, and just in and out. I came back late Friday night. Well, how was that doing an in-person workshop? I mean, real people, you, you actually yeah. interface with real human beings, not over I, Zoom like we're doing now? I, I did. We had 18 people in a room and it was, it was fairly tight and none of them were wearing masks. We had two on Zoom. So we did have two, and one because she had parents that are elderly living with her, and so she was concerned just, just to be extra careful. Uh, one person didn't come because they uh, had tested positive, and so I guess everyone is testing regularly. And I personally was not concerned. I, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, that was that was on, on Friday. This is Monday, but... I I didn't have any problems and neither did they. It was awesome. I mean, it's so much. 
so when I went and I, and I made this presentation, the, the event coordinator was like, I want you back. Three more meetings booked for March. Wow. Fantastic. So it, it's just, it's just such a different energy. I, you know, Lisa, I know you do a lot of coaching online probably, but it, it, I, I love to do online, but it's not, you just can't compare. Yeah, the technology is incredible that we've been able to kind of pivot and achieve the things that we have. Right. But nothing nothing compares to having humans in front of you and feeling the energy and them feeling your energy too. It's a two-way street. That's Absolutely. right. What was that Sinead O'Connor song? Nothing compares to you. <laughs> right. All right. Never well, mind. Hey, uh, Prince wrote that song. And so it's nice that you're in purple. There you go. Got my deep <laughs> well, I really want to introduce our guest, uh, Spencer, because she's fantastic. Um, Lisa Sams is joining us for this episode, and I'm super excited to have her. I've known Lisa for almost 20 years, going back to our days working the Salt Lake 2002 Olympic Winter Games. And, uh, you know, Lisa's been in this space for over 25 years, and she's worked at the very highest levels of international sport, 13 Olympic winter and summer games, three Commonwealth games, a whole slew of world championships, Invictus, uh, World Cups. And she started working in the event space with the Sydney 2000 games. And then she spent the next eight years traveling the world as what we would call a games gypsy, moving from <laughs> location to location wherever the games were being held. And then she moved back to Sydney in 2007 to work with the Australian Olympic Committee. And she was there almost 10 years as the director of operations for the Australian Olympic Committee. And That's then after the games in Rio, um, Lisa and her very young, small family moved back to Australia to Gold Coast, and that's where they settled and, and uh, set roots. And at that time, she started her own event and logistics company, SP Events and Logistics. And that has worked on a lot of events like the 2018 Commonwealth Games that were there in Gold Coast, as well as the Sydney 2018 Invictus Games, the Samoa 2019 Pacific Games, the 2020 uh sailing world championships um lisa's also <laughs> currently working with the commonwealth games australia to provide operations for the australian team in the upcoming birmingham 2022 commonwealth games and that isn't everything i mean in march of uh, this year uh lisa also created a new venture called work into wellness and i'm super excited to hear about that which focuses on personalized health and the concept of going to work to get healthy and happy. And Lisa has a Bachelor of Science in uh, Applied Science and Sports Studies, Executive Certificate in Event Management and Sports Marketing, and an Advanced Women and Leadership uh, Certificate. And she's also a personalized health coach, uh, certified personalized health coach and corporate wellness provider. So I'm super excited to have you, Lisa, on our little podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Christian. Um, listening to all that, it, it, it just makes me um, super thrilled to have been involved in all of those opportunities and to have met so many wonderful people around the world and, you know, traveled to all those different places. Um, travel right now is something that is scarce and, and far between, but 
being able to have had that opportunity to enrich my life in in many different ways has been awesome and meeting people like you Christian you know we met in Salt Lake and we've bumped into each other around the world um, so yeah really privileged to be here thank you for having me Well, it's a joy. It's a joy to have you. And I really want to talk to you about this new venture, this work into wellness uh, concept, because, you know, we were talking the other day and you were mentioning that, you know, the event business is a grind. It's really, really difficult. You expend so much energy and you wear yourself out and eventually you did kind of burn out. And I'm wondering if you can just give us and our listeners a little bit of background on that and the journey that you've gone through to kind of arrive at this point where um, health and wellness has really become a, a central focus for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, events are wonderful. Um, they are all encompassing and you can't change the date. The opening ceremony is gonna start on the 8th of August at 8 p.m. Um, no matter what. So there are some immovable things and you have to work your way towards that no matter what challenge comes your way. And that often means that by the time the opening ceremony happens, you're actually exhausted already. And then you have to get through the next two weeks of the games and then get everyone out, particularly in my role in operations that I've worked in a lot. It's you're in first and you're out last. So it's a long stretch. Um, and I guess every games that I came home from, you would spend the next two weeks getting sick and falling down and collapsing because your immune system couldn't cope. And then you would pick up and start planning for the next one. So it was a real cycle and it wasn't just me, it was all of my colleagues that would, you know, suffer the same fate and even even worse to that effect was people would be so stressed out going into the games that in some instances, they actually fell down in the middle of the games period when they're meant to be at their best. And we needed them to be at their best because an athlete had trained for say four years to get to an Olympic games, to get to that start line, to run the hundred meters, they're at their best. And we have a staff within that environment who fall down in the middle of the games. And to me, that's not being at their best. That is not delivering a service that justifies the, the blood, sweat and tears that an athlete puts in to get to that start line. And I, after every games that I did, I was conscious of how can we do this better to get a better result at the end. And for me, that looked like I'm gonna plan this better. I'm gonna do more detailed planning than I've done the last time. And I'm gonna anticipate the challenges that might come, but I didn't really know how to deal with the stress. And I didn't really know how to deal with just my health as a person, not the workload, but how do I get myself in the best place to deliver this beast on time to the best of my ability. Um, and so it, it, it took many years of trying to work out what that was. And 
in the end, what happened, I, I was in Rio for the Olympic Games for six weeks I was away for. And my son was uh, about five or four at that time, actually, four. So I worked full-time leading up. I uh, looked after my son three days a week and actually worked nights. So I was full-time, but juggling the, you know, the mum life uh, working career. Um, we were renovating our house at the same time. So we had a bit going on. And when I came back from Rio, I was really, really burnt out. Um, not just tired, not just exhausted. I was in a really, um, in a really low spot. And that's when we moved from Sydney to the Gold Coast. And unfortunately, it didn't really get much better for me at that point. I, um, I torn my meniscus in Rio in my knee and I kind of battled my way through Rio and through the renovation. And by the time you move house and lug all those boxes, by the time I got to the Gold Coast, I couldn't walk very well. Um, so I ended up going in for surgery. And we also undertook IVF and that didn't quite work out. And I think after that point, just so many chemicals in my body and worn out, tired, I just hit rock bottom. And for me, that was a, a chance to decide what I wanted in my life. Do I want to wallow in my pity or do I want to actually make a conscious choice and do something that looks at my health first? and then everything else after that. And, and that was the choice that I made. How did you arrive at the decision to pivot um, emotionally, physically? I mean, you, you hit that rock bottom, but like you said, you could have just wallowed in it. You could have just uh, uh, sunk into despair. So what was the process that you went through that actually allowed you to make the choice to then change and do something different and and then real and then evolve from just working on yourself to saying you know what not only did i help myself but i can help other people so yeah. why don't you walk us through the process there i um i ended up also just uh getting a melanoma a skin cancer on my leg and I had it removed on a Friday and they did the biopsy and uh, called me back that afternoon and said, it's actually a melanoma. You'll have to come back in on Monday. And I didn't get, um, I didn't get all the details I needed at that point in time. And all weekend I actually thought that I was going to die of cancer. So by the time Monday came around, I, uh, I, had looked at my son all weekend and I thought, I don't want to say goodbye to you. I actually want to make my life count for a lot longer. So my husband is a really big factor for me in, um, well, everything. We walk hand in hand together, but he retrained as a personal um, trainer when we moved to the Gold Coast. And as part of that qualification, there was a presentation that he was given by a company called PH360 which is now the scientific platform of the work that I do. And he instantly resonated with the science and the technology that um, this platform contained. And he thought it was an awesome way for him to be able to work with his clients as a personal trainer. 
So it's driven by if you have 10 people in a room and you give them a program and say, go and work on that for eight weeks, you get really good results out of five people and the other five people, they might get mixed results and some people might put on weight. You know, they get the opposite effect. So it was driven by why am I delivering this thing and why is it working for some people and why is it not working for others? And that's when this personalization and epigenetics comes into play. It's actually, okay, let's not look at 10 people and give them the same program. Let's look at person A and give them exactly what they need and the same for the next nine people. So I started hearing the results that he started having with his um, clients. And um, part of what we do in this platform is looking at how people and health types learn. So my husband is a very future focused person, whereas I tend to focus on the learnings from the past. And whilst I was wallowing a little bit in the past and what had happened to me, my husband had already catapulted to the future and he was able to say to me, what's happened has happened. Is that what you choose for your life or do you choose to, you know, come on this journey and keep moving forward? And he started to explain about this program and I then got measured up and, and went on this protocol just before Com Games. And that's when I went through my first games and I was very new to this um, science and there is a lot to learn. So um, I only implemented a few things that really work for me and, and, and my health type. And that was the food that I ate and the timings around when I did things, two changes. And I went through um, six weeks of living away in a Gold Coast village and I came home and I was tired, but I didn't get sick and I wasn't exhausted. And I had mental capacity at the end and coming from rock bottom into that environment and asking that of myself, I was, I was amazed and, and really um, excited about what the future can hold just by looking at yourself as an individual. You know, that's a great story of, of success and moving forward. And you're just starting to, to see those results in this story. You know, you, you have a, such an incredible background of working in major games. And I'd like for you to share for someone who is listening, anyone who is listening right now that will say, well, that doesn't apply to me because I don't have that super intense. However, think about so many people in corporate America that are working in, in, on project-driven deadlines. And it's very similar. You know, you're implementing a new software system. You are handling a new merger acquisition. You, you have, for example, CPAs. They have tax-driven deadlines where they work very compressed hours for certain periods of time. And, and, and then you add on top of it all of the stress that's going on with, with COVID and lockdowns in different places around the world where even though we are not face-to-face, -face, people are working longer now because they can be just on all the time. And so we're not, my, my sense is, and my question with that big long preamble is, are you seeing 
similar cases of burnout with just the everyday or workaday mom and dad. And in a way, yes, I do really intense work and, it, and, and a lot gets asked of me, but it gets asked of me for a couple of months in the lead up and like six weeks for a games. Then I get a little break and a rest. You know, I might take two weeks off. I might take three weeks off. Or if you're in, um, you know, if you're in a project role for events, which a lot of people are, they go to a games and then the organizing committee finishes at the end and people are unemployed. They look for their next job. And often at that point in time, they get, you know, a month off or two months off and they relax. Whereas people, everyday people working in corporate America, or working um, like around the clock at home, being a mum. And I think a lot gets asked of people now to keep their jobs because of COVID. So everyone's working harder to keep a job because they don't want to lose it. So I think actually all of those people do a lot more than what what I have been faced with um, because they do it continuously 365 days a year, every year, day in, day out. So I think the stress levels of, of all of those people are probably much higher than mine because I get, I get a reprieve. And I also, you know, it gets busy, but I expect that so I can build up and then know in my mind that I'm getting a break, which in itself is a powerful thing. If you just keep going every day and you don't have a holiday booked or, you know, you don't have the money to necessarily even go on a holiday, then you don't have that release in your brain to say I'm getting a break so stress is enormous and the other thing that I find in in this environment is people feel what I'm getting is people feel a little bit helpless why would I do a corporate wellness program right now when I can't leave my house I can't do anything for myself and actually this has been the most fascinating because it's the opposite. It's you don't have to travel to work. You're at home. You can buy all the food you want. You can set your day up in your own time. You don't have to travel an hour to work and you can cook yourself an amazing meal the night before and heat it up in your home. So there are lots of really positive things you can do to look after yourself in this environment. I I just want to have one more thing I want to ask you about. And one of the things that you said really hit me is that you took time to manage your energy. You made that a priority where in the past that was you, it's like you, you, you drew a deficit of your energy, right? You, you were, you were focused on the job first and your health second. That's what I heard you say. And you changed that to say, I'm going to focus on my health first and the job second. Will you please explain why that's important and how that impacts productivity? Great question. Awesome question. Um, if I am not at my best, how can I deliver my best? And, and that's my mentality. In order for me to deliver my best, I have to be at my best. So my health type is, uh, it's a diplomat in the language that we use um, in PH360. And what that means is I'm not really designed for the world that um, has been built by Uh, other health types and in that sense I mean I'm not designed to get up at five o'clock and that's a a diplomatic way of saying that by the way (laughs) that's what I am (laughs) 
I'm not designed to get up at five o'clock and do a boxing class or a hit class. I'm not designed to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning and achieve, 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 achieve. And that's pretty much the world, you know, get up, get moving, eat breakfast. It's the biggest and most important meal of the day and off you go. And I did that for a number of years. I, I, I was a swimmer. So I got up at five o'clock every morning, my whole school career. And when I started work, I would ride my bike an hour across the Harbour Bridge and go to work, at, be there at seven o'clock. And by the, by the time I got home, eight o'clock at night, I was wrecked and just asleep. And so I was always told by my mum, I'm an early bird. And I thought, yeah, I'm an early bird because I can't make it to nine o'clock. <laughs> but what I know now is the morning for me is the most critical time of the day for my hormones to balance out, for my digestion system to work, for then my brain to be able to deliver for the rest of the day. It's all linked the way our body works. So if I have a quieter morning, and I, I said to Christian the other day, I take my dog for a walk every day on the beach. That's what I do. I drop my child at school. I go for a walk on the beach. And by nine o'clock, 9.30, I'm ready to do humans. Before that, I actually try to avoid humans as much as possible because it's better for me. Not that I can't, but I know that my health throughout the rest of the day will actually be much better if I do. So um, we have um, hours of the day where, where your brain works in different ways. So for me in the morning, if I plan my day, then around lunchtime, if I interact with people, and then in the afternoon and into the night is when I get my best productivity. So for all of those years that I woke up early and exhausted myself by five o'clock, I was not utilizing the best part of the day where I am the most productive and the most creative. And so isn't that amazing? If I change one thing in my day and have a quieter morning, feed myself in the right way, do a bit of exercise, I can achieve a whole day in a couple of hours in the night. And that takes you takes me to this whole personalized approach that you were talking about. And, and so I want to ask about that, Lisa, a little bit, because you mentioned people have different health types. And, and so you have to kind of personalize this. And from a team perspective, I think it's really important for us to understand not only ourselves, but how our people are, are oriented so that we we can use them to the best of their ability and we can give them the flexibility. And, and also to this, if you could speak a little bit about that and also give a specific example, Lisa, we were talking the other day and you, you told us about some work you were doing with a client. I think it was back in August or something with 40 people or something like that. And I thought that was a really interesting project. So um, why don't you tell us about the personalized approach and then uh, your recent experience with that, with a, with a client. Yeah, great. I'll give I'll give some examples in the Olympic world because we you know we started off talking about Olympics. If we look at athletes, it's a really good way because everyone can imagine. If you look at a gymnast, you know, short, stocky, muscly, powerhouse, and then you look at a volleyball player, really tall, different structure altogether, quite quite lean, um, and and 
generally like finer in their bone structure than like a stocky gymnast. And then you take a shot putter. So really thick joints, um, very sturdy, very muscly, very strong. The way that a gymnast moves is quite explosive. Um, they're into movement, into tumbles, etc. And the way that um, a, a shot putter might move is more slow. It's pure strength. And a volleyballer is really their height and their flexibility and their ability to jump and respond. So three different athletes, all completely different in, in their physical appearance. So can you imagine giving those three athletes the same exact protocol in terms of food, in terms of exercise, training, what they might need in their daily life? Does it make sense to look at them and think they would all get the same treatment? No. No. So then why do we deliver in a corporate setting the same approach? Let's all go away for a weekend and everyone does yoga at eight o'clock in the morning. We all have lunch, burgers at 12 o'clock and, you know, do some karaoke in the evening. Um, and we might do a little bit of work around, um, you know, how we communicate with people. And, and that is so often the way that we treat corporate environments and corporate wellness. It's this really generic approach. And that to me doesn't make sense when you're applying it to a person who's an individual. So if we take an individual and we look at giving them a specific protocol for them so that they can be their best self, we get these incredible results out of them that, you know, take me, I didn't actually understand myself for a number of years and, and thought that I worked differently because that's the way I've always been. And it, it didn't mean that I wasn't producing or achieving, but when your body is stressed, your immune system shuts off. Hence, why you go on a holiday when you've been really busy, how many times do you get on that break and you actually end up getting sick? Because your body actually gets a chance to not be stressed. Your immune system kicks back in. Oh, hello, we've got a lot of germs. We're going to get sick now because that's the only way that I can help you to get better. So the work that I did in this recent program was for 40 people and we ran a 30-day um, challenge which involved looking at a person as an individual in the first really one to two weeks to give them awareness of who they were as an individual. So how are you best, how are you best placed to be in this world? What do you eat? What time do you eat? Um, what exercise do you do? Who do you socialize with? And what's the most important thing to bring your stress levels down? And and for some people, that's not exercise. A lot of people think just go out and go to the gym and you'll all of a sudden feel better. For some people, it's actually leaning into a family connection or a social connection that if you are, if you are close to the people that you love and you can talk to them and share stories, that actually is the best stress reduction technique for that individual. Not going to the gym, which might actually cause you more stress. So in trying to get healthy, People only do what they think is best, but how do you know what is best for you? I don't know. I don't want to have to suck in my gut when I go into the gym because I'm worried about, you know, everybody's judging. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Um, so what we did in the first two weeks was look at these individuals as people and try to get them as close as possible to their biology, their natural biology. So their rhythm of what is best for them. Then the next two weeks we focused on looking at others. So for example, Christian, you would look at Spencer and you would understand from a biological approach what is best for Spencer what environment does Spencer operate best in is he best in the morning is he best in the afternoon if he's stressed is it good to grab Spencer in the morning and give him like a list of 10 things to do or is it best to grab him in the afternoon and say hey Spencer do you want to go for a walk along the beach and just have a chat see how you're doing and then get to the 10 things that you need to do and it doesn't have to be big big tweaks it are simple things that get people back in flow is the way that we call it but understanding what's best for Spencer and what's best for you Christian and going straight to it you can actually have a miraculous effect on people's health in a very short amount of time So this gets to the whole team performance topic that, that I, I'm, I'm glad you brought to because here's, here's a conundrum that, that I, I, I'm envisioning because I have it in, in my personal life. My, I, there's this book we, my, we read called The Power of When, right? And it's, it's understanding, you know, I'm what they call this lion, right? I'm early morning for me. That's, that's when I'm, I'm best. That's when I'm most productive. I plan my difficult brain functions at that time. Well, my wife is exactly the opposite. She is most comfortable going to bed at two or three in the morning, getting up at, at 10. And so we have this very short window of when we can work together. So if Christian is exactly opposite of me, I mean, how do we get that Venn diagram where we overlap somehow? Great question. Um, what I have noticed is once I'm aware of who I am and I'm living to the best of my environment and my lifestyle, so my epigenetics, I'm choosing my epigenetics and actually putting myself in that environment, my stress levels are drastically reduced. When that happens, your awareness is up here. So you take, if you have a really stressful day at work and things go wrong, the technology fails, you've got a deadline, someone gives you another deadline and you get home to your family, the people that you love the most in the world, you walk in the door and your child goes, I want to play this daddy. And your wife goes, can you pick up the, whatever you just put there and put the garbage out? Are you likely to snap at either of those individuals, the people that you love most in the world? Or do you think you'd be actually calm and rational and, and, and loving at that point at the end of a very stressful day? In all honesty, my family has gotten the remains of the day many times. So if we live uh, further away from our biology, the greater stress that we carry internally. Um, so when we get home, we often are not very nice people to the people that we love the most. If we move closer in line with our biology and our stress levels are drastically reduced and our awareness of others is greater and their needs is, is greater, you then don't operate at such a high vibration and you can choose the way that you react a lot more because you're aware. So for me, 
this morning. My son is seven. I'm not very good in the morning. I'm not meant to exert myself because it throws my hormones out and my digestion for the rest of the day. This morning, my son, we're at grandma's. Let's go to the park, mum. So I've been doing like 500 meter sprints. I did a couple of 400 meter laps of the oval. All of these things I know are not very good for me in the morning, but it's my choice. It's the same when you react with people. So if I see, I'll, I'll use the example of the little gymnast. So a little short, um, very muscly person, they are formed in utero and their predominant hormone is testosterone. So often they're quite fiery in nature. They need to verbalize, they need to get something out of their mouth. And if they're stressed, it might not necessarily be something that someone else wants to hear. If that person is misunderstood, it can be quite offensive. With the knowledge I have now, I look at that person and think, you're really stressed. The top priority for you as your health type, I know, is to move. You need to move. So if I had to have a difficult conversation with that individual, I would grab them and say, let's go for a walk. We're going outside. And it instantly changes their rhythm and their biology and it gets them moving and it gets adrenaline going, testosterone in their body, which calms them down which then opens up their brain to have a conversation. Lisa, sorry, I know you got stuff to say, Christian, but this is exciting to me because this is really a biological approach to increase emotional intelligence, basically is what we're, what we're doing. Because when we're under stress, we are emotionally hijacked and we will more quickly go to our, what, what I've talked about as our backup style. And so for different personalities, that, that negative behavior will come out much more quickly. And so what we're doing is, is you're helping to minimize that. And so in those times where I need to be stressed, like go do sprints in the morning with your son or have a conversation when it's not my best time of day with Christian, I'm better able to absorb that stress is what I heard you just say. Yes, because I know, I, I know the best way for my body to work and function. I can choose to get it to do whatever I want once I'm aware so Lisa, tell us about the results of your, of your, um, the 40 person, uh, 30 day program that you, that you conducted recently. Um, what happened? Yeah, I, I did ask them what metrics they wanted at the start of the, the sprint and you don't know what you don't know, you know? So I gave them a list and said, these are some of the metrics we could test. And they were instantly, we want to do all of them. <laughs> So we embarked on this big challenge of doing all of the metrics and some were around just health markers. So body composition, um, weight, and some were around mental health. We did a lot of um, testing on anxiety, depression, and stress using um, uh, psychological testing. And we did surveys, you know, start and finish of the 30 days. And we tested communication. Um, it's very a bit um, hard to test that only that you get feedback. So we did a few surveys um, throughout the 30 days. And some of the results were, we had an overall reduction of anxiety of 36% um, across the whole organization. And for depression, it was over 46% um, reduction. Um, some of the other big things were 
the statements and the testimonials that people came forth with. Um, I understand myself, I understand others. Um, it's the most mental clarity I've had in a long time. Um, and we also had some significant results around, um, you know, diabetes markers, um, Hashimoto's, some significant health concerns that um, completely dropped. Um, and, you know, one person actually went off antidepressants about day 20 and it's just them balancing out their body and they'd been on them for like 15 years. So when you get closer to the way that your body's meant to naturally be and put yourself in the environment where you can thrive, that's exactly what your body does. It, it instantly thrives. Well, it seems like there's all kinds of ROI on something like that. First of all, lower health costs for the corporation. And hopefully with, with lower depression and stress, that means greater clarity in terms of the ability to solve problems and therefore productivity has to increase. There's a, you know, I know there's actual research that there's an article that Harvard Business Review put out years ago called Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time. I don't know if you've seen that, but where, where they measured people who uh, worked on that health and it translated into additional revenue and bottom line and, and ROI. So, I mean, when you see those things happening, it's, it's got to make a measurable impact. Absolutely. And there's another really cool part of the platform that talks about, um, well, to actually mind and also genius. So how does your mind work? How, how does it um, best, uh, how does it best run? And then what do you need to keep it running? Um, and also your genius. You know, you can look at someone and think, I'll take two examples, two different health types. You put one on the front desk reception, facing people, bright lights, have to be interactive, you know, the fun front facing of an organization. And another position that might be out the back in the warehouse might be a little bit cold, a little bit dark, a little bit breezy, but cataloging in great detail spreadsheets and knowing where every single item and widget is within that warehouse. You know, take those two roles. And within the two health types, if you have a person A, you know, they were reversed. So one person is really good with dealing with people and excitement and fun. And they're the ones that are stuck out the back in the warehouse doing the detailed work. And the person that is um, developed more neuro, neuro um, so their nervous system is heightened from, from birth that you put at the front desk in the bright lights, um, you know, with all the people. And if you swapped those two people around, they would have an e exactly opposite experience because we're all trying to get to a level of safety and security within, within our bodies. What makes me feel safe is different to either of you. But if you put those people in a different role because you understand their genius and understand how their biology works, you then have really two happy people that are going to thrive in their job and productivity is going to go through the roof. Absenteeism is going to go right down. Sickness is going to go right down. Um, you know, so it, it's incredibly exciting to look at instead of if you go for a job and there's a job description, and, you know, how many times have you, could you tick off 100% of what that job description is? 
yet you you hire someone, put them in that role and in they go. Whereas if you could look at 10 people in the room and say, these are all the things that we need to do as a company to be successful, who's genius at that particular thing or that particular project or who's really good at starting a project but not finishing a project. So if we need a creative person who gets the thrill out of starting and, and making something new with the, um, I'll use diplomat again, with the steadfastness and the consideration and the longevity of a diplomat, put them together and you've got a project that can really thrive. Well, this has been totally fascinating, Lisa. And uh, I, I, we could talk about this for hours. I, I feel like <laughs> we're just barely, barely scratching the surface. And I'm thinking, gosh, I could use this help. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, could as well. If, if people want to learn more about the things that you're doing and how you might be able to help them either individually or their companies, what's the best way for them to research or, or reach out and contact you? Fantastic. Um, Work Into Wellness is the name of my company. So I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, because it's only new, I am just getting a website created. So stay tuned on that one. Um, and that will be coming in the early next year. Fantastic. Spencer, so much that you do is really complimentary, I think, to what Lisa does. And if people want to learn more about how you might be able to help them and your company, Altium Leadership, what's the best way for them to learn more? Thank you, Christian. Uh, just email me, Spencer, at Altium, A-L-T-I-U-M, leadership.com. That's altiumleadership.com. Or go to our website, altiumleadership.com. And Lisa, I, I definitely would love to chat more and, and see some of your uh, assessments and maybe compare some notes. This, you're right, Christian. We could talk forever. And I know that you've got people all around the world that are waiting for you, Christian, to go help them internationally at this very moment. So if people want to reach you for all the great work you do at GP4, how do they, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can email me at cnapier, C-N-A-P-I-E-R at gp4.com. That's gpfour.com. Or you can go to the website gp4.com or you can look me up on LinkedIn. So Lisa, fantastic to have you. Thank you so much. Spencer, it's been great as always. Listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great chatting.